Hey everybody, welcome to episode 319 of the Running Rogue Podcast. This is your host, Chris McClung, coming to you from a beautiful day in Austin, Texas. I hope everybody's having a good week. I'm excited about this episode because hopefully I'm going to give you some hope around fitting in everything you need to do to be your best running self. So we're going to be talking about managing the details of your training and routine to fit it all in, to get in all the things that matter in order to have the success you want to go get those goals. So we're going to talk about that and some of my tips for fitting it all in amidst a busy life myself and hopefully give you some tips to apply to your own life as well. We'll get to that in just a second. Before we do, I wanted to quickly Give a shout out to my sponsor for this episode, John G, my new partner. They're the running apparel brand, and I'm so excited to be working with them. I'll be talking more about my partnership with them mid-episode, and I've also got, for the first time with them, a code for you to use, our own Running Rogue discount code for you to use for a discount on their products. So stay tuned for that mid-episode, but thanks to them for their support. So with that, we're going to jump right into this conversation, and I want to start just by teeing up how I got to this topic this week, and it's something, honestly, that I've been sorting through myself as someone who's ramping up for training, hopefully going to take a big attempt at a big marathon PR in January in the Houston Marathon, and so I've been starting to put together the pieces for that build. It's still not time yet for a marathon-specific build, but I'm in my kind of base building mode through the summer and starting to put together the pieces of what I'm going to need to take a big swing at that goal, and obviously I've been building to that over the last 18 months with work on speed and strength in 2022. And now I'm back into more marathon oriented type training, particularly with base building so that I can get the volume back up so that I can then start a marathon specific build in September to Houston. And so as I've been putting that together, I've been making notes myself about what are all the pieces that I need in place in order to take my best shot one of the themes that keeps coming up in my training, or at least in my head for my training and my own motivation is be willing to do what's required to take my best shot. I want to do everything I know in my power, everything that I can control to take my best shot. And I want to hold myself accountable to doing so. And As I look at that list and I've started making my own lists of what are the key elements, what are the things that are going to matter, as I look at that list and as I think about my life as someone who is a coach, who runs a business, who has three kids that are all doing things and who wants to have a life outside of running, it's a lot. It's a lot to balance, a lot to manage, and I know that can be overwhelming for many of you as well. And so as I was thinking about it, and there's a lot of little details as I was thinking about it, I started thinking about the details of even simple things like making sure over the summer that I'm getting the hydration that I need, which in our climate, especially now that the humidity and heat have really started to kick in in the mornings, it's hard work because basically hydration becomes a 24-7 job where I have to be supplementing with electrolytes in the morning, in the afternoon, and making sure I'm getting enough water between things. And it's easy to let that slip. At times, I can tell you on 
Thursday after my run, I didn't think soon enough about rehydration after my medium long run and ended up at a little bit of a deficit midday. And I was just, again, kind of wrestling with this idea of how do I make sure that I fit in all the things that I need to do to make sure I'm in the best position to take a swing at that PR. And so it started my thought process and work around, okay, how do I routinize? How do I bake in these critical elements to make sure that I can do everything that's required so that I can take my best shot? And there are definitely ways to do that that are systematic that also allow the training and the supplemental things to weave into your life in a way that fits because you have to fit it all in and you have to make sure that it, it's manageable. And, you know, none of us are professional athletes. None of us are robots either. And that doesn't mean that we can't do as much as we can to take a good shot, but it also means that we have to do it in the context of life and balancing everything together and, and still enjoying the process and not being so much a slave to the work that you stop enjoying it. And so this episode is about how do you manage the details of training? How do you get in all of those little things that matter so that you can give yourself the best shot and do it amidst having a busy life with work, with kids, with a lot going on in your training, with other hobbies you may be doing, with partner that you need to pay attention to and and be there for with other family you have to support and so forth. So this episode is an ode to that. How do we do the best that we can? And before I jump into a list and I've got seven things here to talk about that I think will help you, I want to acknowledge that this isn't about being perfect. It's not about being perfect. You don't have to nail every single thing all the time. And it's easy for us to fall into a trap of beating ourselves up when we miss one little thing, which can then spiral into missing something else, which can then spiral into missing other things. And then suddenly you're completely out of sync with your training. To use my example from this week, after Thursday's run, I had just neglected rehydrating well in the morning after the run, did a good job with fueling, checked that box, did a good job with foam rolling, with resting, with doing the other things that I needed to do post-run to make sure that I could then take the next step forward in training, but I just completely missed getting the electrolytes that I needed on the day. And that's a small thing, but I certainly could have beat myself up and said, oh, Chris, you're terrible. This isn't what it takes to give your best result. But instead I said, nope, look, missed it. That's okay. Let's catch up. Let's get a bottle with my electrolyte mix. Let's make sure I'm carrying that around the rest of the day to get what I need for the rest of the day to play catch up. And yes, I lost an opportunity there in recovery because you need proper hydration post run to, especially in the heat and humidity to give your body the the water, the H2O that it needs to actually start to rebuild itself. I missed an opportunity there, but that doesn't mean I should let that spiral into something else. So I give myself grace to say, hey, it happens. It was a busy morning. I've got the kids at home for the summer, a lot going on in the house and move on and let's be better about it in the afternoon and then the next day. And, and that is one thing you have to remember throughout this conversation is that this isn't about being perfect. 
This is about setting up routines and systems in your life to do everything you can control within reason to get your goal, to give yourself the best shot. And it's easy to beat ourselves up and let that derail us. It's also easy to say, well, it's impossible to do everything I want to do because there's too much. It's impossible. And look, certainly, believe me, there are seasons of life when that's true. I can remember when we had our first kid, (laughs) I couldn't figure out for nine months how to reintegrate running into my life. So there was, there have been seasons of my life where that's been true, where other things need to take priority and precedent because there's too much going on outside of the running. That happens and that's okay. Don't beat yourself up over that either. But when you're in your normal, quote, normal-ish rhythm of life, you can generally do more than you think. We like to tell ourselves stories that, oh, I'm too busy to do this or too busy to do that. But then when you start to really break it down, you can always do more if you prioritize it, if you work things in, if you're creative about how to do that. And this episode is about that. How do you be creative about integrating all the details, the 1% into your daily life in order to keep building, keep taking those small steps? Because that's really what it's all about is, as Steve Magnus talks about on his podcast with Brad Stolberg, The Growth Equation, he talks about being great isn't about a magical moment one day. It's about being consistently good for long periods of time. There's another quote that I love from Elliot Kipchoge, the world record holder in the marathon, and he says, A champion is not made when he wins races. It's the seconds, minutes, hours, weeks, and months when he prepares that matter. It's this idea that your goal isn't made on one day. It's not even really made in one training cycle. It's actually made over making little steps, doing small tasks consistently over a period of months and ultimately years and maybe even decades for some of you because that accumulation of work is ultimately what will help you get there. So again, this episode's about that. It's not about magnanimous things. It's not about doing heroic efforts or doing things outside the norm of what's possible for an everyday athlete like you and me. It's simply about how can you be creative about fitting in those little things that matter in a way that integrates with your life and allows you to have the balance that you need. It is much easier said than done, but I'm just here to tell you that there are ways to do it. And I would encourage you, instead of asking yourself why you can't do something, or focusing on the reasons why you can't do something and integrate something into your training and into your routine, I would ask you, what are the reasons why you can? Or how can you? Let's be proactive. Let's shift the narrative to the positive and assume that you can do it and then make it happen. So here's a list of seven things that I think you need to do to solve this problem in your life. One is you need to figure out what matters to you. What's most important to you 
for you to take the steps you need to get your goal. And this, by the way, might evolve as your training evolves. But if if you're going to have success, it's easy to be overwhelmed by the list of all the things you could be doing versus really prioritizing the things that matter specifically for you in this training cycle so that you can get success that you need and, and continue to build incrementally towards further goals. I talked about in recent episodes, you know, pick the two things to do in a training cycle to level up, to take that next step forward. And this is that in a similar vein. It's when you think about all the things you have to incorporate to have success in running, what are the things that matter most for you? When you think about, obviously, there's the running part. So what are the pieces of the running part that matter? Then there's, of course, strength training. Then you have potentially hydration, like I have to deal with, particularly over the summer here in Austin. There might be incorporating strides into your training. There might be foam rolling and spending time doing self-massage. There might be time spent taking supplements, if that's something that's important to you to have the running success that you need. Vitamin D, front and center for me. I've got to make sure that I'm getting that daily and and while care of makes it really easy for me to simply pull out a pack and take one of those each day sometimes I skip it I neglect it because I don't know just being lazy and and not simply taking that step to open the baggage and take it down and that's not okay because that's an easy step for me to take but ultimately the question is what are the things that matter? And it's not 20 things. It's maybe five, six, seven things that matter for you. And if you're looking at other people, you might say, oh, well, that person's doing sauna and cold plunge and they're getting massages all the time and they're doing this type of strength training and they've got yoga and you know, there's all these things that you could obsess about that you need to potentially be doing to be your best running self. But I promise you, not all of those things matter for you. And so it's less about looking at what others are doing or the full array of what's possible out there. And it's more about looking at, for you, intuitively, what are the most important things? And I would contend that it's five or six things. It's not 10 or 20. So what's that list for you? Some of the things I mentioned might be on it. I can tell you for my list, it would be my running routine, getting in simply the runs that I'm committed to. It's doing strides once a week outside of that that's prescribed by my coach on the days that we might do them. It's hydration over the summer, particularly making sure I'm getting my electrolyte supplementation. It's Foam rolling, particularly with my on my glutes and calves, several times a week. It's taking the supplements that I need, and it's strength training. Those are the things that I really need to prioritize in order to take a big swing at my goal in January. There's certainly other things that might be included in that over time and or that's part of the equation, but in terms of the stuff that I do week in, week out, day in, day out, consistently, that's 
my list. And so then it's about once you have that list and you've narrowed it down, then it's about figuring out how to actually work those pieces in to the equation, which I'll talk about over the next six things. So you might ask me, well, how can I figure out what that list is? Well, one, if you have a coach, certainly I would talk to that person and get their perspective on it. Hey, what do you think matters? And I can tell you, I had a conversation with an athlete today and the question was, do I need to be incorporating strength in a different way, in a new way that I haven't already incorporated? And in the case of this athlete, the answer was no. Let's not worry about that right now. There are other things that we're working on. And again, that's a individual response to an individual person and the balance that they're trying to achieve and the goals that they're currently after. And the answer for them was no. And there's other things that we are prioritizing in that conversation. And so having a coach who can help you sort through that, I think is important. If you don't have that, that's okay. Then I would trust your intuition. You know, as a listener of this podcast, you know, some level what's important to focus on in training and you may not have all the answers. That's okay. You're not expected to, but I'm asking you to use your intuition based on the knowledge that you have from listening to people like me and create your list. Start perhaps with the full laundry list, write everything down that might be on it, write everything down that could possibly be important to you to get your next goal. Make it exhaustive. And then from there, rank order them. Rank order them. Force rank 1 to 10, 1 to 15, however many you have on that list. Force yourself based on your intuition and everything you know to rank order that list. And then pick the top five to seven things and let the rest fall to the wayside. And again, that doesn't mean you never do any of those other things on the list. Maybe they pop in at different times as a way to manage a specific issue that pops up. And so it's something that might come in and out. But in terms of the things that you do week in and week out, cut the other things off. And then go about figuring out how do I make sure those five to seven things fit in a way that's systematic, that helps me take those small steps daily to keep pushing towards my goal. So a big part of the equation is prioritizing because it's easy to get overwhelmed and think you have to do it all when you absolutely don't. So number one here is figure out what matters to you and focus there and don't worry about the rest of it. Number two, establish consistent routines. Number two, establish consistent routines. It's so, so hard. And look, I know that this isn't possible for every person on everything, but it is so, so hard to maintain consistency when you don't have a relatively consistent routine. It is so much better. We are humans and humans are creatures of habit so much better, so much easier to stay on top of your training and the process associated with your training when everything has a place that fits. And look, I get it. 
things change. Some weeks are crazier than others. For me, it's a constantly evolving schedule with my family that might look very different from week to week and starting to look very different now as we've entered the summer with the kids not in school. But I know that I have to prioritize certain pieces of my training and, and slot those in to specific spots in my week. Otherwise, it's not happening. And look, there are always changes on the margin. There's always flexibility here and there. And I know where I can plug something when something else pops up. I know what my safety valves are, my pressure relief valves are, so to speak. But you have to have that baseline routine. Where do your runs fit? Where does your strength training fit in a normal week? Where does your time spent on a foam roller fit? How to, and we'll talk again more about this in a minute, how do I integrate certain things into my daily life in a way that makes it synergistic? When am I taking my supplements? Am I doing that in the morning, first thing? Am I doing that at lunchtime? Am I doing that in the evening? When am I doing that consistently so that I don't forget? Your routine will make or break your ability to do these little little things and to get this done. And I would contend that the most successful at hitting their, their outcome goals are the ones that have routine around their process goals. I can tell you, for me with my running routine, for example, if I'm not waking up, at typically 4.45 to go for my 5.30 runs three to four days a week with my rogue friends for accountability, then I might still run, but I'm not doing it with the rigor that I need in order to get the goals that I have. I might still get in my run, but it'll be shorter distance. I might not be able to get in the workout exactly as prescribed. It's not happening in the way that it needs to happen unless my routine is in place. And when I get out of that routine, it's really, really hard to get back into it. It takes four to six weeks for me to get back into it in a way that then becomes habit again. And it's interesting, there was recently a scientific study on this about how long does it take for someone to establish a consistent exercise-related habit. And I remember thinking as I was getting into it, clicking into it, I remember thinking, oh, maybe that's six weeks. Feels like it takes about four to six weeks for me to get back into a routine. Well, that's get back into a routine. The science actually tells us that it takes six months of doing something consistently for it to become second nature, for it to become so systematic in your life that you can do it without a lot of extra energy to get it done. So six months of consistently doing something. And again, I think that's different when you're coming back to something. So for me, if I'm reestablishing my running routine, it takes me probably four to six weeks not to do the work, but to feel like it's rote again. But it's going to take you six months. And I can tell you as someone who really just integrated systematic heavy weight oriented strength training last June, that feels about right. 
took me about six months to feel like, okay, I'm actually doing this now in a way that feels routine and feels sustainable. And so now a year after that, I'm able to actually level up the strength training I'm doing while maintaining that routine without really having to think about it or without having to put undue stress on my body to take that next step. But for those first six months, it was all sort of messy. And yeah, I was doing it consistently, but it wasn't baked in. Now I feel like it's baked in. So that's another thing to keep in mind here is that it's going to take time for you to actually build these habits and to make these routines so second nature or built into your lifestyle that it feels effortless. Because till then, till those six months go, it's probably going to take some energy each time. And it's still going to take energy after, but it becomes much easier once you've integrated into your life, once it's a part of your routine in such a way that is second nature. So establish your routine and then stick to it as consistently as you can. So that's number two, all about routine. Figure out those top things that matter for you and then build into your routine into in a way that's sustainable. Number three, it's really important to have a tracking mechanism. It's really important to have a tracking mechanism for all of these things. And this is where I contend that pen and paper is so, so important. There's certainly running journals out there that you can get, but I contend that you need to be tracking something on with pen and paper in order to really be able to hold yourself accountable. And this is where I really love the idea of bullet journaling. You may not be familiar with bullet journaling. I would highly recommend going and Googling that. You can actually buy specific bullet journals. But a bullet journal essentially is a glorified checklist where you write down in one column the list of habits you need to maintain in order to get your goal. And then in the other column or row, you track it by day or by week. How many times you're actually doing it. And it's just a matter of coloring in or filling in boxes, but it's a very easy and visual way to see, am I being held accountable? Am I holding myself accountable to the things on my list, to the things that I think matter? And then you can go back and look at it and track it. And if something goes wrong in training, you can pull it up and say, hey, was I accountable to the stuff that I said that was important or not? So I think sometimes we have a little bit of a glorified perspective in our heads about how consistent we are about doing certain things. We're always, in general, skewing on the positive side from that perspective. Oh, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. But then when you actually look, are you? And I think Strava or Garmin Connect or any sort of tool like that is a great way to measure accountability relative to getting your volume in and your miles. But that's not necessarily capturing these other habits, and it may not be capturing some of the subjective notes that you might need to be making about getting all of this stuff in. So this is where I love a bullet journal that is a great way, kind of via checklist format, in order to track everything and then hold yourself accountable to it. 
once saw a great interview with Kobe Bryant where he was talking about his prep during the off season when he would put together his off season plan and he would, he would basically make a contract with himself that said, Hey, these are the things I'm going to do over the summer in order to be ready for the season and to take my skills to the next level. And again, this is one of the top five basketball players in the history of the game making a contract with himself in the off season to say, these are the things I'm going to do. This is the schedule I'm going to follow. This is the work that's going to be done in order to get ready for the next season to continue to take steps forward, even though I'm already one of the best in the world. And then he said, he's going to do that. He would make that contract. He would literally sign it to himself. And then that was it. It's like, look, I made a contract. I'm not going to break a contract with myself. Then it was, there was no question I was going to do the work at that point because I, I signed a deal with myself that those are the things I'm going to do to take those next steps and be even better as someone who's already great. So to me, that bullet journal kind of represents the ability to follow through on that contract to yourself and be able to track and see how good you're doing. And this isn't something where I'd want you to beat yourself up if you were not perfect, but it is a way to say, hey, look, this is good or maybe I could be better and, and use it as an opportunity to be better. So that's number three. Find a tracking mechanism, whether it be a journal, bullet journal, something ideally, I think with pen and paper, there's something magical about that, about checking things in, filling things in that is more powerful and palpable than something electronic. But hey, for those spreadsheet folks out there, people out there like to use online tools, go for it. So that's number three. Before we get to number four, I want to talk about my partnership with John G. Again, they are running apparel company that supports great causes. They give 2% of their revenue back to clean water projects all over the world. They do amazing work in designing apparel each season that highlights a different culture and artistry around the globe that is a way of storytelling with their product that I think is very, very unique. And by the way, they also have great stuff. All the running shorts, tops, even socks in partnership with Bolega, plus running accessories that you need to do what you want on the run and to have great adventures on the run as well. I got to know the two founders, Dave and Mike, at the very beginning of their journey back in 2011, 2012. And they are great guys who are doing it for the right reasons and are very, very passionate about making high quality, really functional products for runners that also happen to support great causes. So you couldn't be supporting a better company and a a better couple of founders than these two guys. I was in New York running this past weekend, had the opportunity to test out a couple of new pieces that I hadn't tried yet. Their their repeat Merino tech tee, which was absolutely amazing. I did a long run in that in Central Park this past weekend. I also ran in their Belega John G socks, which I really, really loved as well. 
So I've only had great experiences so far and everything that I've tried from them. So I would encourage you to go check it out. And now I have a discount code for you. You can go to their website, johng.com or runjohnge.com. Use the code ROGUE15, R-O-G-U-E-1-5 for 15% off your John G order. Use that code, go check out their gear, support a great company, support great, great causes, and I promise you won't regret it. So there we go. That's my partnership with John G. So excited to be working with them. Let's jump back into my topic and get to number four. So we just talked about tracking. Let's talk about your support network. Create your tracking system. Three, build your support network. Number four, you need the people around you to hold you accountable, but also to encourage you to be the ones that can be there when things are good to celebrate and when things are tough to work through those challenges. And and I've already talked about potentially having a coach that would be in that camp. And as a coach myself, I can tell you that when I work with an athlete, regardless of how I work with them, we, we form a partnership where I become as invested in their goals as they are. And you need somebody like that in your corner who can push you when you may not want to be pushed, who can pull you back when you need to be pulled back, who can obviously write the roadmap for you and make sure that you know what you need to do along the way to get your goals. So there's a coach, but then there's also those that would support you that might be running partners. Obviously, We are a big proponent of group training here at Rogue Running and have that both in person in Austin and Dallas, but also we have a very, very palpable culture in our virtual group training. That is an absolute support network for those that are a part of it. Those people that you can run next to, that you can even not necessarily run next to, but perhaps hold you accountable from afar It's absolutely critical. And no, you don't have to do it that way. You don't have to do it that way at all. I understand some people like their solo runs. As an introvert, I do too. But I can tell you that the richness of not only interaction and the things that you can learn, not just about running, but also about life from having running buddies and or people that can hold you accountable to running from afar or Running side by side, it is so enriching and it drives you in ways that I think can be challenging to do on your own. That's not to say it's impossible to do on your own. I did it for many years on my own myself. But again, the richness of having that group. So find your running buddies. Again, whether you're running with them in person or whether you're simply checking in on them from afar and asking them if they've gotten their run in today, find those people around you that are also trying to achieve similar goals or stretch themselves and build to something bigger so that you can push each other. Iron sharpens iron. And then outside of that, you also have those that may not be running, but that support you in other ways, whether that be your friends, your family, your partner, kids, whoever it may be in your life close to you that know that know the details of what you're getting into and that are there to cheer and support and maybe put up with sometimes what you're doing. And for that group, I highly encourage you to open up to them about what your goals are 
and why those goals are important to you. I think sometimes, particularly in relationships, maybe not for everybody, but sometimes I've seen this where people are almost hesitant or reluctant to open up to their partner about their goals for whatever reason. Maybe they think they won't understand if they're not into running. Maybe they think they'll focus too much on what it'll take away from the relationship. There's a fear there associated with sharing it, or maybe you're just afraid to share because then that raises the stakes. But I highly encourage you to be open with that network of friends and or family and or your partner about what your goals are, why you want those things so that they can help you get there because there is an absolute magic in these situations when Somebody like that in your life absolutely gets it, buys in, understands you as a person, and then can help drive you towards that goal and help hold you accountable from afar and also help do the things on the sidelines that sometimes need to be done, whether that simply be cheer here and there, or maybe help you with getting a meal you need to after your long run so that you can recover properly. There's a lot of ways that they can support. And I've found that when you open up and when you share, then it helps them buy in to what you're doing. And then you have not only a cheerleader, but also an amazing support network as well. So find your crew that's going to help and be open and honest with them about what you want and why you want it. And then when you have struggles along the way, open up about those as well, because they're going to be the ones that help lift you up and keep you going. So that's number four. Number five, do everything you can to integrate some of these things into your daily life in a way that doesn't add a bunch of extra time. So this is where you can get into multitasking, where you can do two things at once. And so for me, this can look like I've got a big water bottle that during the summer months goes with me everywhere. I'm working from home, it's by my side. If I'm in the car, it comes with me. If I'm moving around in other places, I've got it with me typically because I'm putting a couple scoops of electrolyte mix in there, I'm filling up with water, and then I'm sipping on it throughout the day to try to make sure that I'm getting all the hydration that I need as I go about my business throughout the day. It's right there at arm's length, so I don't have to think too much about getting that added into the equation. It might look like foam rolling in the evening when I'm watching TV. When my wife and I would like to wind down by throwing on Netflix, watching a TV show, whether that be recently Ted Ted Lasso episodes as we're watching the final season, but I've got my foam roller right there by our bed and I can just jump down and jump on it to work on my glutes and calves, particularly those are areas that need extra TLC for me, but I can do it while also enjoying myself. Watching a show, it usually only takes 15, maybe 20 minutes of time, so it's easy to encapsulate in in the context of watching television, but that's a way for me to integrate it while I'm also kind of doing my unwinding process from perhaps a busy day. Sometimes it's about doing strength or mobility work while my kids are at soccer practice, maybe even occasionally getting a run in while they're at soccer practice. I'm constantly shuttling them in the evenings, particularly around the city, especially during the school year. And oftentimes I'm sitting there waiting for them and I can do a bunch of different things. I could potentially take my foam roller with me, which I've done before. 
I can do basic core work while I'm waiting for them to finish their practices. Sometimes I go for runs if I need to get in extra miles while they're at practice itself. So there's lots of things that we can do simultaneous to our daily life. For some people, it might look like if you don't necessarily have time for strength training in a dedicated block. For me, that is lunchtime on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I've got my dedicated strength training block. But if you don't have a dedicated block time for that, then you can work it in throughout the day. Take 10-minute breaks from work periodically, whether that be in your office, at your cubicle, at home if you work from home, and do some basic strength training exercises. They could be body weight, or you could keep some light weights around to do basic things. You can do simple lunges. You can do planks. You can do prisoner squats. There's a lot of things that you can do in small intervals, maybe just one exercise and a few reps at a time in order to add that component into your equation if it's something that you're struggling to integrate. So be creative about how you integrate these little extras into your daily life so that it doesn't become this cumbersome extra thing that you're trying to squeeze in amidst all the other things that you're trying to accomplish. And I've found that when you're creative about that, it's amazing what you can accomplish because there ends up being a decent amount of dead time in our lives where we're just looking at our phone when we could be doing something proactive to build towards our goals. So that's number five. Number six, create goals and metrics, particularly for the tough tasks for you. It's easy to do the things that you like to do that are easier to build into your routine than others. But it is harder to do some of the things that maybe you don't like or that don't as easily fit into the equation. And so I would encourage you to pick one or two of those things in each training cycle and set some sort of goal and metric around it that you can really proactively measure and hold yourself accountable to, perhaps using your bullet journal. This is a practice that I found particularly helpful. Usually for me, I pick one thing. I pick one thing that I hate doing or that I don't like incorporating or that doesn't fit naturally into my training and I try to measure it and hold myself accountable to it. And I've been known to create countdown calendars for this type of thing. For one season, I can remember that I was struggling with some of my solo easy day runs. A lot of my runs now are with a group. And makes it really easy to hold yourself accountable to those runs. The hard runs for me were the solo runs by myself, perhaps as a recovery run after a hard workout that I just maybe just didn't want to get out and do and didn't want to do on my own. So I remember one training cycle, I actually created a countdown calendar for those runs. And I was literally checking them off, had all the dates for when they should happen. And I was literally checking them off one by one as I as I moved towards race day which was a way to hold myself accountable for it, but also to create some hope that, hey, I'm almost there. I've almost got this stuff done and it's all going to pay off when race day comes. And that, again, seems like a simple thing, but it was a really effective tool for me. But what's the thing that you hate doing? What's the thing that doesn't fit naturally into your routine? Let's create a goal and metric around that and then track it and then maybe create a countdown calendar for you to check off those final months or weeks of executing on that task so that you have some hope about getting to that race day 
getting the results from it, but then also perhaps having a little window after race day, we don't have to worry about it for a little bit. So that's number six, create goals and metrics, particularly around the tough things that you don't like doing or that don't fit as naturally into your training. Number seven, and we'll wrap with this. I've already talked about it at some level, but I want to remind you about this and leave you with this final thought, which is that remember that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. I think there's an expectation that you have to be perfect to nail your goal. I think there's an expectation that you have to be perfect to to feel like you've done everything possible to get what you want so that you can consider yourself legit as a runner, as someone that's striving for big goals. And that's just simply not the case. It's not the case that you need to be perfect to get your goals. It's not about hitting 100% because that's unrealistic. There's going to be things that pop up. There's going to be runs you miss. There's going to be times when you're sick or a conflict pops up and you can't do your strength training or get in a run. There's going to be times when you simply forget to get your hydration and post medium long run as I did this past week. Those things are going to happen. You don't have to be 100%. You do want to be 90, 95%. Cuz if you do that, then you've allowed for those things to happen and you've given yourself the best chance to still put your best foot forward. And so let go of the idea that you have to be perfect. But do embrace the idea that you're going to do as much as you can. You're going to do everything in your power. You're going to do everything that you can control in order to give yourself that best opportunity to take a swing at your goal. And as I said, for me, for this upcoming Houston training cycle, my mantra of sorts is be willing to do what's required. Be willing to do what's required. I don't have to be perfect in that pursuit, but I do have to do my best and to try to hit that 90 to 95% standard so that I can stand on the start line in January and know that I've done everything I could. And also know that regardless of the outcome, I can rest easy and be proud of the result because I've done everything that was possible from my perspective of that. I was willing to do what's required. And I promise you there is great comfort in that on the start line. When you can look back at your journal, when you can look back at the tracking mechanism you use and you can say, look, here's the work that was needed. Here's the work that I did. I did 95% of it. You can't know whether the outcome is going to come, but you can know, did you do the work or not? And if you did the work, then you can rest easy. Then you've done everything you could. Then all you have to do is execute on race day to the best of your ability, and you can be proud. And the outcome will take care of itself. It may not come that day, but it will take care of itself in the way that it should, and that's all you can hope for and count on. So... Release the idea that you have to be perfect, but do embrace the, the idea and the narrative that you can do more than you think. If you're creative about it using the methods that I talked about in this podcast. And I promise you, if you take even half of what I said and put it to work, then you're going to be in a better position for your next race. So, so figure out what matters to you. What's that short list? 
establish your routine, create your tracking mechanism, find your support network that can hold you accountable, integrate these tasks and activities and routines into your daily life in a way that's seamless, create goals and metrics to hold yourself accountable, particularly around those tough items. And then remember, you don't have to be perfect doing it. If you can do all of that, you're well on your way to smashing big goals. That's what it looks like to manage the details of your training. So with that, we will wrap it here, but I got to let you know first that we are reopening the Renegades podcast training group on June 5th. That's Monday after this gets released on a Friday. So if you want to join us starting Monday, June 5th, that's the time to jump in. You can find that sign up link on our training site by going to the train button at the top, clicking on virtual group training, then it's the middle option. We'll have tracks for speed track, half track, full track. So whatever race distance you might be training for between September and January of 2024, we'll have an option for you. It's a great group that will hold you accountable, as I talked about earlier, and will also get you the info and the training tools that you need to go smash big goals. So go check that out. Otherwise, you can check out more info on us at roguerunning.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Rogue Running. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.